Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Liquid Church. Good to see you guys. Special welcome to those of you joining us on the big screen in Nutley or New Brunswick Church Online. Glad you're with us. We are, uh, we're in this uh, the, kind of the tail end of a series we're calling Touch. It's on a touchy subject, and that is healing. Does God still supernaturally touch and heal people today? As followers of Jesus, we say yes. Uh, we believe he does. He's still in that business, and uh, we're putting that to the test. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we asked people to come forward at all of our campuses. We offered healing prayer for anybody who wanted it. And um, it's really kind of amazing because we've been raising up these ministry teams at each campus to pray for, for, for people who have physical needs, emotional, spiritual uh, healing needs in this church. And the response was overwhelming. I invited Pastor Dave uh, up here just to give you a little glimpse here because we had dozens and dozens of people come forward here at Morristown. And um, I know we had that all of our campuses, not only New Brunswick as well, but you were in Morristown, Dave. Could you briefly describe what that you experienced? Yeah, it was one of the most powerful times of ministry at Liquid that I've had as uh, dozens of people came forward for all sorts of prayer, all sorts of, um, they had all sorts of ailments. And one of the cool things was, the coolest thing was I got to pray in specifically for a lot of physical ailments. Like what kind of stuff? Like what's typical um, stuff people like prayer for? People wanted prayer for their leg, for a sore back, sore shoulder. Okay. And then one woman came forward actually with her husband, and when she came forward, um, she said that she had a gastrointestinal issue that had affected her for a long period of time. It was a chronic condition, causing her lots of pain, and it affected her diet. There was only a certain number of foods that she could actually eat. So she was standing in front of me with her husband, so I asked her if I could put my hand on her shoulder and pray for her. So I started praying for her, yeah. and, and what I did was, because her husband was there, I grabbed her husband's hand and I put it on her, her, uh, her stomach okay. area, and I said you know, can you just place your hand here? And then I prayed specifically, God, can you, can you heal this woman? I know that you love her. I know that you want her to know how loved she is. So I pray that in my, you would heal her, but use her husband, God, so that he knows how much you love him as well and heal her through his touch. So it was a powerful moment. Yeah. So then a week goes by. I come back to church the next week. And this, fa- this couple were visiting. They were just visiting the church that day. They happened to be here. And a friend of theirs comes to Liquid regularly. She came up to me. She sat down. She goes, I've got to tell you. I've got to tell you. Sit down. Like, I'm already sitting. She said, um, <laughs> you'll never believe, like, that couple came. I don't know if you remember, you prayed for them. She had a gastro thing going on. She told me to come and tell you that she went to the doctor the next day, and the doctor examined her and said, I don't know what happened, but you have no more issues. That's incredible. That's amazing. You are healed. Yeah. That's amazing. And you can eat from now on. You can eat whatever you want. That's and amazing. I was blown away. Yeah. I, honestly, when Dave told me this, I was like, get out of here. <laughs> You know, that, but candidly, that's how your mind works. You say, well, yeah. maybe it was resolving itself. And you know, that you, you just, you, you have this unbelief in your heart by nature. I do. I'm just confessing me 
we had uh, more people also, not just for physical needs, but emotional needs as well. What other kind of stuff are you praying for? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people came forward and they wanted, they wanted healing, but in an emotional area of their life. Maybe there was a marital issue. Maybe they had fear. Maybe there was some anxiety issues yeah. as well. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a physical thing that we could, you know, you could touch somebody's leg, touch somebody's um, stomach area, but it was, a, it was a, an emotional healing from fear and anxiety and yeah. stress. And some people came forward who had been out of work for a long time and they needed some sort of financial healing, some sort of yeah. help in the area of their finances. So yeah. I prayed for those sorts of people as well, along with the rest of the team. It was awesome, so powerful. This is kind of an exciting step for us as a church because it's a stretch. We're trying to stretch our ministry here, not get you know, all spooky and supernatural, but we're just trying to make more room. Uh, for the Holy Spirit this fall, just to move powerfully in our midst. Not, not as if like the Spirit's not here. You know, some people, they, they go like, oh yeah, yeah, we need more of the Holy Spirit. I actually don't think that's correct. It's, it's not that we need more of the Holy Spirit. I think it's the opposite. The Holy Spirit needs more of us. Amen? Amen. That I think is the idea. It's about our availability and just inviting God to just flow naturally through our very imperfect lives and, and show his love to others. So this is, this is kind of exciting. Uh, can we thank Dave? Actually, appreciate that, Dave. Our campus pastors, Mike and Tom uh, and, uh, and Chris, will have their own stories. It's incredible. But last Sunday, in fact, uh, dozens and dozens of people stepped forward also at this church to be baptized for the first time. And that was just awesome. To people make a proclamation, say, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm surrendering my life. Fill me with your spirit. So just be encouraged, I want to tell you. God is on the move at Liquid, and I think he's just honoring that hunger that many of us have for just more of him. Now, uh, today, we're actually going to do the same thing, all of our campuses. We're going to clear some space at the end of this message to pray for you, and so you can come forward, and we'll, we'll lay hands on you. We will pray for you by name. Um, if we've prayed for you previously, you want to pray again, that's totally cool, too. Uh, in fact, I'm hoping, candidly, I'll just be honest, um, I'm hoping that there are some of you sitting out there today, um, right now, in, in these seats, that God is actually going to stir something in you. He's actually going to ignite something in you, and you're going to be inspired to actually start praying for more people in, in your life. Because when it comes to the kingdom of God, the truth is, everyone gets to play, okay? This is not about having some special, you know, spiritual superstar gift or, or ministry, I'm a healer or something, but it's just being available. The idea is we give God our availability, use me God, and then he lets his ability flow through us. And today I just want to show you how very easy and natural this can be and not weird to touch the lives of your friends, your neighbors, you know, the, the guy at the gym who, who, Kelly, most people are more ready than you realize to experience God's touch. And to do that, I want to show you this fascinating passage from Mark chapter 8. So if you will take your Bible and turn to page 701, all of our campuses in your Bible, this is an account where Jesus reaches out, he touches a man in need, and instantly things change. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> What's fascinating in Mark 8 is that there's a process that takes place when you come to Christ for healing. And I want to just introduce you to a very simple, practical approach for ministering God's power and love to someone. Because once you learn how to do this, it is contagious. I'm, I can't wait to tell you about this. Um, you will suddenly start seeing all these opportunities day to day to touch the lives of everyday people with God's love. And here's the surprising part. More of God's power will actually flow through you. Yes, little, old, ordinary you, okay? So just look at this. Mark 8, we'll start at verse 22. Jesus is traveling with his disciples, and it says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a, what? A blind man and begged Jesus to what? Touch him. Again, high-touch ministry by Jesus. It says, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Now watch this. When he had spit on the man's eyes... And put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Now just stop here, okay? 
Because typically we blow by this kind of unorthodox approach Jesus has in his ministry. We have this sanitized idea that, you know, healing is this kind of supernatural summoning of invisible power. It's like, and suddenly you're healed, okay? And Jesus' approach is nothing like that. It's actually quite messy, okay? I want you to imagine this. You're out walking on the sidewalk. You meet a blind man. He's being led by a seeing eye dog. And, uh, and you're asked to pray for him. And instead of closing your eyes to pray, you actually <laughs> spit on his eyes and put your hands on him and say, can you see me now? Like, like, well, I was seeing black and now it's actually just wet and black. You know, it's kind of like, what's happening here? Jesus never heals the same way twice in all the gospels. I defy you to find a formula or a prescription which he just imitates it. Sometimes he just simply says a word. He says, be healed, see, get up. Sometimes he puts his hands on someone. Other times, he hocks a loogie. This is just the way that Jesus works. And, and notice in the middle of all of this, he interviews the guy. He says, do you see anything? And verse 24 says, he looked up and he said, I see people. And they, they look like trees walking around. In other words, it was kind of blurry. It was fuzzy to him. Maybe there was still some dirt and spit in there. And it says, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And then his eyes were opened. His sight was, what's the word, church? Say it out loud. Restored. And he saw everything clearly. And this is an amazing, amazing passage in, in a record of a miracle. Here's why. Jesus chose to heal this man in stages. Did you notice this? Sometimes it's, it's miraculous. Sometimes it's in stages. Maybe he was trying to show his disciples that sometimes healing comes gradually rather than all at once. Or maybe you're just trying to illustrate the, the, the point that spiritual truth can't always be seen clearly at first. Maybe that's you today. You're like, I, I sort of get this. I'm having a hard time tuning in. But either way, before Jesus left, this man was completely healed. Remember this. Jesus came doing two things. He had two missions. He preached the word of God, and then he demonstrated the works of God. The word and the works, the two go hand in hand. He would proclaim the message, God's power has come. I'm forgiving sins. I'm healing broken lives. And then he's like, let me show you how. Bam. Okay? And his followers, we're invited to do the same in Jesus' name. Proclamation, demonstration. So let's just kind of capture a few things from Jesus' model of ministry here, and then I'm going to actually demonstrate how this works in real time with somebody in this room. Candidly, I'm just, we're going to make this live. All right, not to weird you out, but if you are here today and you are hurting physically in some way, maybe you even have a sense that God brought you here intentionally today, you weren't even going to come, I would welcome the chance to pray live for you and just demonstrate how this works, okay? And I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to spit on you, okay? <laughs> let's just make this clear, clear the deck. Now, before I do this, here's what you have to understand. I want to begin by noting something important. That Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Jesus himself said this. He said, I tell you the truth. The Son can do, what's the word? Nothing by himself. Just stop right there because most of us think, well, of course he healed. He's Jesus. He was 100% God, but he's 100% man. And what that means is he limited his divine powers. In other words, he says, I can't do anything by myself. He does only what? He sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. It's very critical to note this because Jesus doesn't heal everybody, nor did, nor, nor did he try to actually heal everybody. What, some, sometimes Jesus would heal this person, but not that. Or crowds would press in and he'd heal some of the sick, but then he'd stop and go no further. Why is that? Because the source of Jesus' discernment and his power to heal flowed directly from his relationship with his heavenly father. Okay, Jesus goes to great lengths to talk about this. He says, for the father loves the son and he shows him everything he's doing. In other words, Jesus would spend long times in solitude talking with his Abba, his daddy, 
dialing into the Holy Spirit. And then after receiving, downloading divine direction, then Jesus would go out and he would say, I'm going to join my father in what he's already doing. The father's always at work. And the idea here is very simple. You and I have no power whatsoever in ourselves to heal anybody, okay? Let's be very clear about this. Is if we say, well, it's God's power in me. We can't even summon the faith to release the Father's power. So it's folly to try. Rather, we are to approach praying for the sick only when we discern that the Father's hand is behind ours. Let me give you an example from one of my favorite TV commercials of all time. See if you can recognize this illustration. can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing, okay? I love that, guys. That little boy goes around trying to use the force on all sorts of things. <sighs> Boom. <sighs> he try as much as he wants. Only when daddy puts his hand behind his does the engine start. You understand this? This is instructive for us. Because when it comes to being a vessel for God's power, we can do this all we like. But if the Father's hand isn't behind it, ain't nothing happening. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? Jesus said the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. In other words, when it came to ministering in the Holy Spirit's power, Jesus relied on the promptings of his Father to direct and then empower his ministry. And now think about this. Remember, although he's fully God, Jesus limited his divine power to be, to be fully human. And by doing that, he essentially modeled for us what it means for you and I to be a human being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the idea. The Holy Spirit is not some ethereal force. Mm, there's the force or some magic power. Rather, the Spirit helps us to stay in step and discern what the Father's already doing and empowers us to put our hand on top of his hand. Remember, Jesus says the Father's always at his work. What's his work? You know what the Father's work is? God's greatest desire in life? It is to heal and restore and bless broken lives more than any of us even desire that. That is God's default posture towards humanity. Some of you, I know you don't believe this, but the Father is a healer. In the Old Testament, he actually revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, which simply means the Lord is a what? Healer, okay? And he wants, God wants to heal people who are sick and hurting. The, all the pain, the brokenness, the sickness, the disease we see in, in the world, understand, that's not the Father's doing. That is the corruption of the Father's original intention. 
And that is why he literally sends the son, because it's the work of the devil whose mission, remember this, is to steal, kill, and destroy, okay? Whatever the father creates in love. And so the father, he says, I'm going to send the son to undo the works of the devil. And when Jesus confronted demons, sometimes, uh, there's this one great passage where Jesus confronts these demons, and demons say, have you come to destroy us? The answer is yes. Jesus came to undo the works of the devil and bring salvation in the fullest sense of the word. Okay, spiritual salvation from sin, restoration of your heart, spiritual healing first, but physical healing as well. I never knew this. In the New Testament, the Greek word for salvation is actually interchangeable with the term healing. It's the same word. And here's the miracle. Just before Jesus left, he said, now you guys do it, (laughs) right? I'm serious. He's like, disciples, you guys now do what I just did. Listen to his words in John 14. He says, anyone who has faith in me will what? Do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. He's talking about us guys, okay? I always marveled at this verse. I just assumed this was like Jesus' exaggeration because <laughs> I'm like, what? Greater than who? me? What? No. Because I feel like the little kid in the Volkswagen commercial. <laughs> like try to walk around doing what Jesus did, <laughs> right? And nothing happens. You look like an idiot. But the truth is you can do all this you like, but if the father's hand is not behind it, then ain't nothing happening. But if you put your hand on where the father has his hand, all heaven can break loose. I mean, Jesus cast out demons. He raised the dead. And then he says, and you're going to do even greater things. It's like, what? Yes. The idea is simply this. What Christ did through the power of the Holy Spirit, how much more is the Holy Spirit going to have to fill you and overflow out of your weak, broken, sinful soul in order to touch people with the Father's healing power? And that is exactly what Jesus gave his disciples. He gave them power and he gave them authority. Luke 9 says Jesus brought the 12 together and it gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases. So let me just be very clear how this works, okay? If you are new to the Christian faith, if you're old to the Christian faith, God the Father has authorized you in the Son's name to minister in the Spirit's power. Scripture says if we're in step with the Spirit, we can actually participate in the divine nature. We get to do what Jesus did. So like Christ, when we pray for someone's healing, it's not about us, all right? Don't make, stop making it about you. You're under no pressure to perform. You're simply trying to tune in to what the Father's already doing. And this takes all the pressure off because you know what? It's not about us. We just give the Father our availability, and then he gives us his ability. Here's the truth. For years, I avoided praying for sick folks because A, I didn't really believe that God did such dramatic things anymore. I, I, I had unbelief in my heart, okay? It's still there. I got to Lord, wrench it out of me. <laughs> Two, I didn't want to risk looking like a tool. What if nothing happens? Oh, I don't want to be put out there, so let me do it. And three, I often didn't think I could muster up enough faith or courage or boldness or whatever that was to magically use that power and authority like the guys I saw on TV leading revivals. You guys know those guys? How do they heal? Be healed. Throw a hanky out and people are falling down and all that stuff. I'm like, that is not me. Biblical healing has nothing to do with the hype and emotionalism you see on television, okay? Biblical healing, there is no magic. There's no tricks. There's no manipulation. It's just a willingness to actually get your hands dirty and touch someone at the point of their greatest need. That's what Jesus does here in Mark 8. He says, it's going to be dirty. I'm gonna, it's going to involve spit, it's gonna, but I'm going to touch you. 
In his helpful book, Authority to Heal, um, Ken Blue, he writes, faith to heal the sick is not about bravado. It's simply the freedom to believe and act based on who Jesus Christ actually is and on who you believe the Father to be. Now, that may seem simple, but let's just admit this. You and I balk at this sort of thing. You're like, man, that couldn't be me. I can't wait to see Lucas even try this. Because as moderns, we are comfortable with the morals of Jesus, but not the miracles. Ah, not so much. We like studying the word. Oh, what a very intriguing little insight, Pastor Tim. But we're hesitant to do the works. Because doing the stuff is messy business. There is dirt and there's spit. And who else knows what God's going to ask you to do in his name? And we don't want to get our hands dirty. Has anybody actually ever heard of John Wimber? John Wimber, anybody? Wimber is the founder of the Vineyard. It's, an, it's a movement of evangelical churches I greatly admire. They do a great job. Kind of what we've been talking about is bridging the best of the evangelical world with the best of the charismatic worlds. Now, here's the deal. Wimber was a dynamic uh, man of God. The Lord used him very powerfully in the 70s and 80s. And uh, that's actually surprising on the surface because he came out of the hippie drug culture, okay? He was deeply embedded in the 60s. He actually was a musician, played with the Righteous Brothers, okay? Drugs, the whole thing, lived in Las Vegas before he gave his life to Christ. But when Wimber became a Christian, he started reading the Bible. This is hilarious. And he would read these miracles of Jesus' healing ministry. And so he started going to church. And after one of the services, he went up to the pastor and said, so, so when are we going to do the stuff? And, and, and the pastor just kind of looked at him and said, the stuff, what, what are you talking about? What, what, what stuff? He said, you know, the stuff. All the stuff Jesus did. When, when are we going to do the stuff? Cast out demons, heal the sick. When are we going to do the stuff? And he says, oh, we don't, we don't do the stuff here. <laughs> And Wimber was shocked. He said, well, why not? The devil let me do all his stuff. Why, why now that I give my life to, to Jesus? Can't we do his stuff? He says, no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, uh, young believer. Huh? We believe, John, that they did the stuff back in the biblical days, but we don't do that today. And Wimber was shocked and said, I gave up drugs for this? He was like, absolutely couldn't even believe it. He's like, I got sold a bill of goods. So this is just about getting out of this awful earth and getting to heaven and saving my butt. Incredible, funny man of God. Salt of the earth, very self-deprecating. He actually often described himself as a fat guy just trying to get to heaven. But he was a brilliant theologian and he was spiritually discerning. And what he did is he saw the pitfalls of extreme Pentecostalism, all that hyper-emotionalism, that name it and claim it tendency to demand that God do things in Jesus' name that spiritualized kind of power lingo that sometimes just like throttles people ah, and makes them just run the other way. But instead of running the other way, you know what Wimber did? He went back to the Gospels and he simply deconstructed what Jesus did. And he developed a very natural, authentic approach to praying for the sick. It is a great contribution to the Church of Christ. I believe that. And that's what I kind of want to demonstrate to you right now. What our vineyard friends might call a naturally supernatural model of healing prayer. Naturally supernatural. In other words, there's no hype. There's no gimmicks. It should be very authentic to who you are. But this is a way of praying for your friends that you should be able to do in Starbucks. If you can't do a model of ministry in Starbucks, then you shouldn't even bother doing it, okay? Because if it's about hype and sensationalism and playing special music and waving a prayer hanky, it's not going to work, okay? But this is a way of ministering to people that, like Jesus did, it simply sought to be in tune and put your hand on what the Father is already doing. No hype, no special talent or gifting required, okay? It's something you should be able to do at the gym with the person you work out for at the office because your purpose is the same as Jesus. Jesus came to minister God's love and power to people who were far from him and thought that God was angry with them. And Jesus came close and he said, I touch you, the touch of God in your life. So let's make this live. Here's the deal. I need a volunteer, okay? If you are, um, let's put this uh, real candidly. If you are here today and you have some physical pain, you came today with physical illness or pain of some sort. I don't know what it is. 
and maybe you even thought you shouldn't even come today, but you came at the last minute, um, and you believe, you believe that, you know what, the Father loves you, and that Jesus' desire is to heal, um, would you just raise your hand? Okay, I'm going to call one person. I know I can't get to everybody here, but I'm actually just going to call one person. Just raise your hand, okay, if one of, one of you, let me, um, let me do this, because I see several people raising their hand, okay? I'm going to invite you in the very last row. The last shall be first. Can you come on up here? Just come on up. Give her a hand. Come on up here. I don't actually know her name yet. Come on up. Um, I want to kind of show this to you live, because, and this is taking a risk, honestly. Hello. Welcome. How are you? Tell me what your name is. Michelle. Michelle. Awesome. Michelle. Would you welcome Michelle? I'm going to, real quickly, and so all I'm going to do is simply here is just ask Michelle a couple of questions. Obviously, name Michelle. What brings you up here? I have an autoimmune disorder, and okay. um, I'm kind of losing the battle. It okay. is threatening my eyesight okay. and my ability to have children. Okay. And I've had bronchitis for three weeks, and I feel like poop. <laughs> That's honest, right? That is honest. That, that captures what we are after. Thank you for there. Um, how long have you had that autoimmune uh, disease? Um, I don't really know exactly how long. Okay. I was misdiagnosed for over a year. Okay. And um, just really been fighting for about the past year and a half. Yep. Not trying to make it too personal. I know we've just met. Is this AIDS? No. No, no it's no, an no. autoimmune. It's, it's, true. it's called Bichette's disease. Nobody's okay. ever heard of it. I'm not the poster child for it. Sure. It was a miracle they ever diagnosed it. Okay, and then there are two yeah. effects. It's uh, your desire to have children, and then what's the other thing? Uh, well, it can threaten my eyesight. Your eyesight as well. Aneurysms, okay. all sorts of anything that goes along with autoimmune, you can't fight anything that comes at you. And I'm a nurse in an emergency room, so this is a slight problem in my life. Wow. Okay, your full name one more time. Michelle. Michelle, thank you. Here's the deal. What I did with Michelle is called the interview. Notice I'm not a doctor. I'm not even going to pretend one here. I'm simply asking her name and what she needs healing for. I am not trying to diagnose anything. And when you're talking to people, they have all sorts of stories. And in fact, the more they talk about it, the more complex it seems. And it shuts me down because I'm like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, well, neither did I. Neither did you. That's not the point. The point is, you being available and actually having the guts that I just met Michelle, and now I'm putting my hand on Michelle's shoulder, I hope that's okay with you, to actually pray for her. The first part is the interview. Now, what the next thing is, is simply you are trying to basically at, just ask permission. Can I, can I pray for you? Is that by the way? And put my hand on your shoulder? Because here's the deal, guys. People are more ready than you realize for you to pray with them. And we're not looking for every single base to be covered here, okay? If somebody says, you know, my shoulder hurts, and you say, well, how did that happen? He said, well, I tripped and fell on the ice. You're not trying to cast a demon out of their shoulder, okay? They just have a, sh a sore shoulder here. Now, this is a fairly complicated situation. And so all you're going to do is you're going to ask permission. And typically, I often only pray for guys. We actually pray, uh, kind of train our ministry teams to pray same gender, just to not make it awkward. But I'm glad you came up. I just saw you in the back row, and I said, let's, let's have her up here. And the key here is to make sure you respect and honor the person, okay? That's why I'm asking if I can put my hand on you, okay? Because you don't just like dropping hands on people. Now, here's the deal. I want to reassure you because I have no special powers. Have we previously met? Um, just entering and leaving the church. We're just entering and leaving the church, okay? So here's the deal. Um, candidly, I'm just going to ask the Father to show you his love today, Michelle. What's the main symptom that you have right now that, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, this is really painful for me, the main thing? I'd like to be able to breathe. Okay, you're having trouble breathing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, respiratory? Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're going to pray for, okay? So we're just going to pray even right now. And Father, I'm just asking you right now, I thank you for Michelle, your daughter, God. I thank you for your love for her. Actually, just going to put my hand on top of your head. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name right now for her that you would show 
your crazy love for your child. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and just release your healing power to Michelle. We pray for her whole body, Lord. She's your child. I pray for her her respiratory illness right now, Father. Would you expand her lungs, fill them with the breath of your Holy Spirit? Just rest on her, Father. I pray that she would know that she is not alone here that the Father loves you, that he is here for you. Jesus, I pray in your name, bring full healing and restoration, Father, right now to her lungs. Fill them, Lord. More for her, Father. I pray that right now, in Jesus' name and his power. How are you feeling right now? Dizzy. You're feeling dizzy? Mm-hmm. Is it getting worse? No. It's about no. the same. It's, it's actually getting better now. Okay. I feel like I can breathe more easily. If you were, 10 is excruciating, where were you on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, probably about an 8. Probably about an 8, and now that we've prayed, where are you? Be honest. Don't make me feel good, okay? About a 4. About a 4? About a 4, yeah. Really? When you were saying that, I was trying to breathe deeply. It feels like things loosened up a bit. Okay. That's significant, what's happening right now, okay? Some of you are like, like sorry, I don't know other way to say it, bull crap, no way. Some of you are saying that. I understand that. Part of me is saying that. But part of me is like, God's at work here, okay? One of the things you want to do when you are praying for people, Jesus interviewed them. He asked actually how they were doing. Notice with the, in Mark 8, what does he say? He says, what do you see now? In other words, how are you feeling as I am praying for you? And that's the third step is you're going to assess actually what is happening by the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to repent of what I just said and pray a little bit more for you, all right? Father, I thank you right now what you're doing in Michelle, where this is a demonstration of your care for her. Thank you, Lord, for her. Father, she has struggled with a lot of pain and complications. And Father, they have vexed doctors, and she doesn't even know what it is. I pray right now, by your spirit, would you even reveal that, Father? Open up her lungs. With your Holy Spirit, Father, release your healing power, Spirit, right now. In the name of Jesus, bring glory to the Father for what you're doing in your daughter, Michelle. I pray that Jesus, in her body, healing. Why don't you take a breath? How are you doing right now? A little shaky, but otherwise okay. A little shaky? Am I making you nervous? No. Okay. A little shaky. Okay. So you were at an eight, then it was a four. Where are you at even now? Maybe a two. Mm. Maybe a two. Yeah. Okay. That's significant, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's significant. I feel better than when I walked in here. So. She feels better than when she walked in here. Do you feel, um, am I making this at all awkward for you, other than the mm-hmm. fact we're on a stage before 2,000 people? No, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's happening right here is I'm not doing anything. There is nothing I am doing. I am simply seeing if, if God is here and wants mm-hmm. to show his love. I'm, 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 notice I'm aiming it back to the Father here saying show your love for your daughter right now in a physical way. Break in right now for her. That's what healing prayer is, and that's what Jesus did. He simply put his hand on top of the Father's hand. The Son does what the Father does, and that's what he's asking you to do. That's what I'm learning to do. Can we thank Michelle, by the way? Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for coming up here. Okay. You got it. Um, I'd love to actually pray for you after the service a little bit more, see if we can move that ticker, you know, kind of to pain-free.
And this is significant, guys, because candidly, for years, I prayed the most vague prayers you can possibly imagine. Um, I'll be real candid. I was talking to uh, a friend, and he said, it was amazing. He said, I went to a church. He said, godly men, he said, and I asked the elders to pray for me. He goes, he goes I had a, a two vertebrae very painful in my back. And the men of the church got around me. They put their hand on my back, and they said, Lord, we ask right now, would you guide our brother to the best chiropractor in town? Yeah? Because we don't believe that God really loves someone enough to touch them on the spot. All right, I don't know what's happening, Michelle. Michelle, I'd love to just talk with you after the service a little bit. And we're going to pray for actually anybody who wants prayer. But right now, some of you are struggling with unbelief right now. I'll just call it out because I used to. And now I'm like, no, I just want to be in tune with what the Father is doing. When we pray for people, notice we're not commanding them often like Jesus did. A lot of times, Jesus' prayers, they were very short. They were, be clean, see, get up, take your mat, walk, go home. His prayers were super short because he was exercising authority and dominion over the pain. And candidly, I'm more comfortable, my own style, is asking Christ actually to touch people rather than commanding the devil to go. First off, there's not a devil under every rock, okay? Sometimes a headache is a headache. But the emphasis in the early church was really on intercessory prayer, and I think that's really a good place for us to start as a church as we take our first steps because God honors bold steps, but he also honors baby steps, all right? So we've been praying for, here, uh, for her. Notice something else. I didn't pray one of those preaching prayers. When you pray for people, I think a lot of Christians all of a sudden think they've got to get super spiritual. So they start talking in these and thous. We ask thee, Lord, to empower thy servant. Quoting the King James Version does not make you more spiritual, okay? It just weirds people out. And don't wuss out. Don't pray generically, okay, God? Help her with what she's struggling with. Pray for specific results, okay? Because if you don't, you're letting your insecurity and embarrassment get in the way of what the Father may want to do, Okay? Don't be vague. Don't cop out. Connect your request to the Father's love and then ask how they're doing. That's what assessment is. Notice Jesus says, do you, do you see anything right now? What's the, what, what, is, what does the guy say? He actually says, yeah, I see people. They look like what? Trees walking around. In other words, it's blurry, Jesus. I was blind out of 10. Now it's like a five. I actually see stuff. And then it says, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And then his eyes were open, his sight was restored. In other words, it was a gradual healing. It took multiple prayers. Let that encourage you. I read that and I figure, Jesus had to try twice. I should at least get 20 chances. All right, that's what that tells me. Don't be afraid to keep praying, but also don't force it. Just ask for feedback. How are we doing? We're after honest, accurate feedback. The reason I kept telling her, I said, be honest with me, because the, truly, when you pray for people, sometimes they, if nothing happens, they end up feeling sorry for you. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to make God look bad, and now it's reversed. They're trying to minister to you, okay? If nothing's improved, that's okay, because it's just not what the Father's doing, okay? But they're going to experience as you actually caring for them. That's the win, guys. It's just being open and available to what God may want to do through you. You know when you stop praying? When the person either feels better. That was amazing, because she kept improving. I'd love to pray even some more, so that you actually go home and say, I came in. I couldn't even breathe, but my lungs are actually filled. Would that be amazing? That'd be a good day at church, yeah? Or you run out of time, or you run out of things to say. If, you, if you're like, hmm, what should I pray next? You're done, okay? God's spirit is guiding you. The vineyard calls this naturally supernatural. I like that phrase because this is not magic. This is not rocket science, and it's not for faith healing specialists. It is the birthright and assignment of every believer who calls Jesus his Lord and Savior and says, I'm going to follow you. Guys, listen to me. This is not new. This is simply living what the Bible tells us to do. 
In James 5, it says, if any one of you is in trouble, he should what? He should pray. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to what? Pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's another thing that often is misunderstood. Oil in the first century actually had medicinal value. The modern equivalent, oil is not some magic formula. It's not like we have a special oil thing under lock and key and we use that for special cases. Oil, this is the, the modern equivalent would be go to the doctor and get some medicine and then actually take it and then pray. It's not deny medical treatment and pray instead, like faith versus science. It's a use common sense, okay? God can use natural and supernatural means, okay? And then James says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise her up. And if she sinned, he will be forgiven. That's significant. As you pray, you may discover a deeper need or a root cause, okay? If some, when you, we talk to somebody, they said, yeah, I have this, 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 this terrible you know, pain in my chest. Well, when did that start? Well, it was back in 1987, just, just an awful year. What happened that year? It was right around the time of my divorce. Ah, there's a clue. There may be a deeper spiritual cause of the physical pain. Do you know what bitterness does? Ulcers, cancer, unforgiveness, resentment. There is often a root spiritual cause behind physical pain. Even modern medicine is increasingly making that connection because the soul, the body, the spirit, the mind are way more linked than you or I think. So God may actually speak to you, give you kind of a word or an insight. Listen just very carefully to what they're saying and what God's saying, okay? Keep your eyes open when you pray. Uh, last week, a woman um, came to me um, just real candidly. At the end of the service, and she was trembling. She was physically shaking. I said, can you pray for me? I said, sure. And I, I started praying for her. I actually just kept my eyes open. I pray now with my eyes open all, most of the time. And, uh, and she just says, I just can't shake this. I said, what, shake what? I said, what, you know, what's going on? And she just goes, I have such, I can't imagine God could actually forgive me. And she starts pouring out. And I was like, what, forgive for, she goes, I had an abortion years ago. And I have asked God for forgiveness every single day of my life. And I know he forgives me. But I don't, it's not here. And so we just prayed for her that that, that God would literally, the Holy Spirit would move from her head to her heart. We started praying, and I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, why don't you ask forgiveness from your unborn child? And she just, <laughs> at the end of that prayer, she's like, <sighs> it was like this giant weight had fallen off her back. Listen to how James ends. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other in what? Pray for each other so that you may be, what's the word? Healed. Notice how the physical and spiritual are tied together. Confess your sins, spiritual. Pray for each other, spiritual, so that you may be healed, physical. This is naturally supernatural. It's just putting into practice the words of God, and some of us have read this stuff for years, but we're reluctant to do the works, okay? No more. It is time to trust God and let him minister through you. I'm giving you permission to minister to each other. Pray for one another. There is too much need. There are too many hurting people out there who are desperate for God's ch uh, touch for you to sit there and say, well, I'll leave it to the professionals. I'll, I'll, I'll let others do it. What's it say? Pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. And that's what we're going to do today, okay? We're going to, again, at the, right now, we're just going to kind of open up the altar, invite you forward. And we have teams at each campus who are going to do just what I did, candidly. And we're just going to clear some space for you to come forward and to be prayed for. Don't be turned off because we're imperfect people, Okay. I get it. You see me. You still can't get over the fact I said bull crap before. You're like, can't believe the Holy Spirit's in that guy. I get it. I get it. But let that buttress your faith. God uses a tool like me, okay? He can use you, all right? And so now before we do that, here's the last thing I want to tell you to do. Those of you who are going to take a, 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 a risk, 
to pray for healing for somebody. I'll give you one last word. The instruction is this. I want you to fail frequently. Okay? Here's what I mean. Our version of success is the instant healing, the miraculous cure. But the truth is God defines success very, very differently than us. God's version of success is obedience. Okay? The number one reason we pray for the sick is because Jesus told us to. It is about obedience. Peter, I want you to throw the nets on the other side of the boat. Well, we've been fishing all night. Throw the nets in there. Okay, because you say so, I will, Peter said. He throws them over. Miraculous catch. God will ask you to do things sometimes that don't make sense. But if you're willing to be obedient, it can change your life. You will find God's spirit prompting you to do things that you would never consider on your own. I've been doing this now for kind of um, behind the scenes for a few months. And the more God's spirit gets a hold of me, the more I realize faith equals risk, the wackier stuff is happening. So I take my family out to the diner, the Nautilus Diner in Madison. We call it the nauseous. They like to sit at the counter. My kids, nine and seven years old, they love to sit at the counter because that's where the action is. So we go up and we sit as a family at the stools and it's usually truckers there reading their newspaper and whatever. And, you know, so we go sit at the stools at the counter at the Nautilus Diner and uh, I'll just be honest with you. Um, this stretched me because I had been at work all day. The family's back together. We didn't have time to make dinner. So we go out, you know, cheeseburger, all that. And we sit at the counter and the one waitress who I know is kind of the grumpy, large Marge waitress, you know that waitress at the diner? All right, what are you having? She comes on up, right? And my kids are like, oh, you know, kind of thing. And she goes, what are you having, sweetie, you know? And, and my little girl's like, a cheeseburger? You know, don't hurt me. And she goes, all right, cheeseburger. And as she's writing this down, she goes, oh, hold on, let me get you waters. And she turns and she starts to go between those, you know, those swinging doors of the diner. And as she's going back to the door, the, door, the guy with the, with, with the water is coming through the other way and he opens it and bam, hits her square on the arm. And this waitress, she must have been in her 70s, probably late 70s. She goes, oh, gosh, and all this stuff falls to the floor. And we're like, that's why we sit at the counter, you know, where all the action is and, and everything. And she goes, oh, gosh, and she just, you know, she starts cursing candidly. And uh, she says, oh, my arm, my arm. And she's like going on like this. And my kids are like, whoa, you know, all the action. And she goes, where, watch where you're going. You know, and, she, and she comes over, she goes, just idiots, you know. And now she's like all physical. She's like, all right, sweetie, what do you want, you know? And, uh, and my, my son is like, I'll have the grilled cheese. She's like, okay, I can't even write. Oh, my arm. God, watch where you're going. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, Jesus, no. No, 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 no. Not here, Lord, no. At the nauseous. There are seven words changing my life. Can I pray for you right now? And I just go, I go, it, it, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I go, are you okay, Marge? <laughs> I don't know what her name was. <laughs> I just go, are you okay? She goes, no, I'm not okay. She goes, I got a metal rod in my arm, arm from the tip of my elbow all the way to my wrist. Just hit me with it. I said, I said, can I, can I pray for you right now? She goes, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> she puts her arm out. And I'm like, okay. And I just put my hand on her. And I look at my wife and she's like, oh, my gosh. It is on like Donkey Kong, okay? And now we're in the middle of the diner, and it's kind of a scene, and now it's really a scene because I got my hand on Large Marge's arm, okay? And I put my arm, and I go, Father, I pray for, for this is your child right now. Would you show your love to her, Father, by just, re- that, that pain, just drive it out of her in Jesus' name. 
I ask that you would do this to your great pleasure, Father, because you love her. And when she thinks no one else cares, you care. And as I'm praying this, I'm getting choked up because I feel another hand come on top of mine. And I open my eyes, and it's my little girl Chase has her hand. And she's sipping her chocolate milk. I say, in the name of Jesus, and Chase goes, amen. <laughs> and Marge goes, oh, thank, thank, you for, th- thank you for that, all right. Grilled cheese, you know, <laughs> she's kind of. And that moment was all moments, because I realized that's what my little girl's going to remember. That her dad had the faith in the father and cared enough to reach into a stranger's life and say, let me pray for you. Let me show you the Father's love. That's what faith is. That's the mission you've been called to, to love people enough, to love large march. Fail frequently. I am now praying for people all over the place. Today I've prayed for somebody whose cyst in their, in their ovaries ruptured. I prayed for a family member with a blood clot in her legs. I prayed for a woman at the gym who had her hip replaced. She's limping, and I'm just like, I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to put my hand on your hip. It'd be weird. I'm just going to put my hand back. Can I pray for you? She's just in tears at the end. She's just like, no one has ever prayed for me in my entire life. I've never gone to church. Why would you do that? And I didn't tell her as a pastor. I didn't want to blow it. <laughs> I'm just like, because God loves you, and I think he sent me here to the gym today just to pray for you. It's incredible. Strangers... Strangers just see that, and they sense that as God's care and compassion. So if your Christian walk is boring, I dare you to start using seven words that will change your life. Can I pray for you right now? Because you know what? I'm expecting more breakthrough. It's not because I'm getting better, but it's just the law of averages. You know what John Wimber says? He says, I prayed for a 1,000 people before I saw one miraculously healed. But the problem is we pray for a single person, nothing happens, so we go, well, that, that, you know, it's not working. It's not working. Look again at Jesus' healing of that man. Healing is often a process. It's gradual. Sometimes it's in stages. It's not always instantaneous, so be persistent, be patient. If it's someone at your office this week, you pray for them, put your hands on him, but then you pray for them next week because there's power in the process and you actually loving them enough to be persistent about it. Even if nothing happens, you know what people receive it as? That you care enough to actually break your day and pray for me? Right there is a demonstration of the Father's heart that speaks volumes. This guy cared about me enough to pray. So don't be disappointed if nothing happens because it's not your doing whether it happens or not. It's just not what the Father's doing right now, and that's okay, and it takes all the pressure off. Did you know that even Jesus had power outages? Matthew 13 actually says that he could do no miracles in his hometown of all places because their lack of of, of faith, of risk. In other words, failure is a normal consequence of living in a world that's still under bondage to the evil one. We live between D-Day and V-Day, and Christ won that victory on the cross but the battle still rages until he returns. So frequent failure is a key to success. I told you about my friend Robbie Dawkins, who I spent the day with doing the stuff down at Princeton University. And um, I, asked, I just asked him candidly, I go, you seem like really natural at this. I said, do you think, though, you have a special gift of healing? He said, no way. He goes, I just try more often. I guarantee I have the same failure rate as any person. He says, the difference is I see a miracle every week because I pray for 25 people every single day. When you're praying for 200 people a week, yeah, you know what? You're going to see God touch people. But my batting average is just like baseball. If you, what's success in baseball? If you fail seven out of ten times, you make the Hall of Fame. The point is you take a swing at it. 
It's exercising your spiritual muscle. It's like bodybuilding. Repeated failure makes you stronger, and you never know what the Father's going to do. So failure is not an option. It's a requirement for healing prayer. Now, I'm going to close with this quote. Some of you need your faith right now. Stir it up. Frederick Buettner, we print this in your bulletin. I want to normalize this for you. He writes this. He says, if you feel like a fool as you're doing this, don't let it throw you. You are a fool. (laughs) Don't try too hard to feel religious to generate some healing power on your own. He says, think of yourself, if you have to think of yourself as all, as a rather small gauge clogged up pipe that a little of God's power may be able to filter through if you can just stay loose enough. Tell the one you're praying for to stay loose too. So here's my challenge. Loosen up right now. Yeah, loosen up. Take a risk. All of our campuses, take the risk to actually come up for healing prayer. Or take the risk to actually pray for somebody. Be willing to make yourself look vulnerable and foolish because God says, now I can use that because that fool ain't getting my glory. I'm taking credit. Ready to do this stuff? I'm going to invite our prayer teams. Each campus, would you guys just come forward, come down? The side aisles are going to come up underneath of the side screens. And um, after I close here, if you want to make your way up the side aisle, we will, um, our folks are here to pray for you. I'll be here, some of your uh, pastors, uh, your campus pastor at each campus. And um, if you want to dive into this topic deeper, by the way, I just want to recommend a couple resources on this topic. Two books I can recommend to you. Uh, One is called Power Evangelism or even Power Healing. There's another book by John Wimber. Two of them, great uh, books. Authority to Heal by Ken Blue. Solid theology, real practical instruction on this topic. Both excellent resources to dive deeper. All right, are you guys ready to do the stuff? We're ready to do this? All right, let's just pray together. Let's all stand. All our campuses, stand on your feet, would you right now? Let's take a moment. Father, I just thank you. It is to your good pleasure that you sent your son Jesus to show us how to live by the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Father, at all our campuses right now, just just let your Spirit flow graciously through your people. Let us decrease, and Jesus, you must increase. You must increase right now. And I pray that you would, God. I pray that there would be men who are going to be touched, Lord, today at a place to let them know that you made them on purpose. Men who are struggling with shame and feelings of insecurity or inferiority, you're calling them sons of God and you're raising them to be men of God today. Father, I pray for healing of my sister, Michelle. I thank you for her courage to just come up here today. Lord, let let that simple step of faith just ignite just ignite your gifts released in others. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you now room to work and minister in your love and power and ask that in the name and power of our Savior Jesus. And all God's people said together, amen. You're free to come forward for ministries. Come up the side aisles and we'll pray for you. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.